Perverted, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Hello, dear listeners. This is your host, Victor Anakin, and you're listening to Afro Verdict. Today, in a two-part episode based on an extensive interview, we are joined by an honorable Nigerian delegation, as well as the head of the Russia-Egyptian Business Council. And we are going to talk about Nigeria-Russia trade and business relations. We'll start off with a brief introduction from each one of you. Kindly introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell us what is the purpose of your visit in Russia today. Thank you. My name is Patrick Adekone. I'm the CEO of Fitzpatrick Energy and Logistics. And of course, I'm, uh, two subsidiaries on the Fitzpatrick. Our core area of operation is oil and gas upstream, marginal fuel development, gas evacuation, and pipeline engineering. And of course, infrastructure development. Good evening. My name is Prince Boyo Logbese, Honorable Commissioner for Regional Integration and Diaspora Relations, Ondo State. I'm here to Moscow to attend the Export Center and now Africa Unite for Business. My name is Uwem Samson. I am the chairman of Nigerian Diaspora Organization, the Russian chapter. And our duty is to make sure that we build a very strong and um, reliable bridge between Nigeria and Russia so that we can do business, exchange culture, and know each other the more so that we can do business together. Good evening. My name is Mikhail Arlov. I am the chairman of the Russian-Egyptian Business Council. And, of course, the, the core of our work is looking at Egypt-Russia relationships. But as Africa as a whole stands very high in the agenda of the Russian Federation, as expressed by President Putin on several occasions in the last years, uh, Africa is also a matter of coordination. And as Egypt has the development of the interconnections with the whole African continent as a high priority, it seems that uh, the governments of Russia and Egypt have a lot of uh, opportunities to cooperate in these efforts. And that's the reason why, although in Russian-Egyptian Business Council, we are organizing several actions uh, with other African countries, and Nigeria being one of the key, key players in Africa, we thought very important to support the Moscow Export Center in the organization of these uh, exhibitions we are doing there, but also to try to, to promote all the opportunities, but also all the needs for uh, structural uh, implementations to boost the relationship between Russia and uh, Nigeria and Russia and Africa in general. Great. Gentlemen, thank you very much. First of all, I would like to note that Africa Day, originally called Africa Liberation Day, was celebrated for the 60th time on the 25th of May this year. Could you all start by telling us why this day is special and what does this day mean to you personally? For me, it's been a great, let me say, opportunity, first and foremost. And the most important thing for me is, is the fact that I have about this vision and objective to build bridges across all nations of the world with Nigeria. My country is endowed with so much capacity and capability. But there's a challenge, and that challenge has to do with leadership. And that leadership has to do with individual individuals contributing their core quota in conjunction with other nations of the world. And this present business meeting is a, is a platform and a medium to create that synergy. Synergy of thought, synergy of mind, and synergy of vision to be able to achieve 
a fundamental goal to the development of the global community. Yeah, I think today is very important to all because when we're talking about Africa, we're talking about we want to change the narrative of why we feel that nobody can do it better than us, we, the African society. And uh, we want to actually appreciate the NITCOM in trying to bring the Nigerian diaspora across uh, the globe, even uh, apart from the Russian chapter, to say that we want to change the narrative. I think last um, two months we had a conference in Abuja where we talk about Africa must connect and uh, under the leadership of Abike Dabirirua, the chairman of NITCOM and Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Nigeria that hosts it in their own presidential villa. And we brought a lot of scholars across Africa. You might interest to know that African um, remittance in, the, in terms of uh, diaspora is about $95 billion. This is which for Africa. And we feel that we must connect together and we must be able to say that Africa is going to be well with Africa. Once we stand on our feet to say Africa, it is well with Africa. Thank you. Africa Day, it's a kind of date that should always remind Africans that we still have a long way to go and we can do it uh, because Africa is endowed with humans with knowledge and we have traveled all across the world and we know what others have done, which we can replicate uh, back, in Nigeria, uh, back in Nigeria and Africa as a whole. Uh, Nigeria is a country in Africa that has the largest population and, of course, the largest number of Africans living outside the shores of Africa. And if there should be a trade, investment, infrastructural development and all the things that Africa needs, which is still much, it will start from Nigeria and it's going to be something that the rest of the African countries can see and they can replicate this. So the, day, the Africa Day is an important day for Africa to reflect on the journey so far and uh, how much of this journey is still left to go. You know, many years ago, I was very privileged to have a private dinner in New York with uh, Nelson Mandela. And it was very impressive to, to be, you know, in a close dialogue with a man of that dimension. And he told us something very profound. He said that uh, for several decades, Africa was going through a fight, a fight for independence. And there was, he said, nothing fabulous in that because the price paid by Africa to obtain that was very high. And he said phase one was to get out, but phase two was to reshape ourselves. And he was talking not of uh, South Africa, he was talking about the whole continent. And I remember I was fascinated by his word and by the depth with which he was talking about all that. There was not, a, not an ounce of hate in what he was saying. But he said, you understand, when you look at the map of Africa, a lot of borders have been done in a non-rational manner by people who had other interests coming from other parts of the world. So after getting its independence, he said, Africa will continue the struggle because it will have to put its own acts together. First of all, there will be conflicts to be solved. Then there will be a coordination or need for coordination within the continent. And then only there will be the phase of construction. And he was saying, actually, Africa has an absolutely enormous potential. But in this construction, A, Africans need to put their acts together, which is complicated. And number two, Africa will be in a profound need to find the right partners. The partners not willing to exploit it, 
but to build real partnership. And today I feel that on the one hand, we are all looking at what is happening in Africa and some places with success, some other places still with some, some serious problems. But in the background of that, you have our Russian president who is putting that as a priority, not only to do something in Africa and with Africa, but to do that in a profound respect of sovereignties, in a profound respect of cultures, where one country does not have to impose its culture and values on another one, where we need to find harmonization of a lot of things. Later, we'll speak about the harmonization of business standards, but we also have the need to have a harmonization of behavior, of values, which can be very different from one culture and another. And I think that today we are very privileged to start that new phase. When we, we talk about that, I remember those very profound words of uh, Nelson Mandela saying that we will have to go th still through a lot of hurdles before we can start rebuilding. And uh, I'm very privileged now to be with you and, and, and many others, uh, I hope, uh, being in a phase where we'll see the, the fruits of our common work and collaboration. Thank you very much. Mr. Adikunle. Uh, this question is addressed to you personally. You're one of the representatives of business here today. And it's very important for cooperation between Russia, Nigeria and other African countries as well. Tell our listeners what your company does and what are the prospects for you on the Russian marketplace. Very well. Thank you. Like I said, my company is into oil and gas. Uh, like you, you will know, Nigeria is the seventh largest producer of crude oil on the global stage. And of course, Russia is the second. Now there's a need for us to build a formidable engagement, synergy, to be able to actualize our dream. There's so much turmoil within the ranks and file of the f global fabric of oil production and the politics that comes with it. But politics, it's good. The survival of each nation is of primary importance. So charity begins at home. If you're going to do any good, you have to start from home as well. That's the essence of my coming for this business meeting. And truth be told, there are certain things I can't say on these. But the most important thing for me is that is a new rebirth of global engagement between Nigeria and Africa and, of course, Russia. Russia is a great nation. It's a superpower. We have a lot to learn from you. And you have a lot to learn from us as well. Like I said, synergy. When you start uh, a relationship, you must learn to crawl. Then, of course, you learn to walk. The most important thing here is the fact that we must have at the back of our mind that there's going to be some turbulent processes along the line. But we must not lose the vision of the objective and the vision of this new engagement. That is one. The second one is the fact that the infrastructure in my country needs a major turnaround. I'm a civil engineer by profession, and I've seen a great deal of infrastructure development in Russia. There's a need for us to have an engagement of collaboration, partnership, joint venture operation that will be well-defined and will be of mutual benefit to both countries. We have a lot to contribute, and we have a lot to learn, and we have a lot to develop among the two nations. And I'm committed to being one of the vehicles that is going to drive this initiative.
For those of you that have just tuned in, this is your host, Victor Anakin, and you're listening to Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa, with a Nigerian delegation represented by Honorary Commissioner for Regional Integration in the Ondo State of Nigeria, Prince Adeboyo Ologbese, CEO of Fitzpatrick Energy and Logistics Limited, Patrick Adekunle, Chairman of the Nigerian Diaspora in Moscow, Samson Uwem Edimo, as well as the Chairman of the Russia-Egyptian Business Council, Mikhail Orlov. We got together today to discuss the areas of focus for business between Nigeria and Russia. Mr. Orlov, I would like to address another question to you. Business is just one of the spheres where Russia, Nigeria and other African countries cooperate. But there are also a lot of other areas and domains in which we collaborate as well. So could you tell our listeners what challenges are Nigeria-Russia relations experiencing at the moment? Are there some credible solutions to these problems? And in your opinion, what do you think should be done first? Well, the good news is that there are no problems. Because of the bad news, which is there are no problems because there is quasi no interaction. Out of less than $1 billion of business turnover between Nigeria and Russia, half of them comes from one item, which is fertilizers. And the rest is in small amounts. So the reason for that is probably more a question of ignorance. We don't know each other. If we do recognize that and work at just creating bridges creating communication, supporting some good transactions to create a good track record, a good feeling. My feeling is that everything ahead of us is going to be good news. But there is a need of interaction between the public sector and the private sector. As always, the public sector needs to create the conditions. But as usually the case, the private sector is driving the the, the process. Yeah, that's uh, obvious. Um, uh, Mr. Patrick just talked about oil and gas. And, and here is one example, one brilliant example where extremely fast we could develop positive track record. Russia is not only the second largest producer of oil and gas. Russia is autonomous in the production of equipment, oil and gas equipment. Russia does quasi all the services. I'm not saying everything, because of course some things are, are bought from abroad, etc., etc. But Russia has an enormous potential. So to answer your question, where are the problems? Well, here we clearly have a problem of business culture and of um, uh, standards. Russia, for uh, the Soviet Union before that, for many years, was organized by the so-called Gosplan, the, the, the central planning organ, and you have incredible amounts of uh, uh, companies throughout Siberia mainly, but it's also Petersburg, Moscow, and other places, which are a bunch of incredible engineers doing incredible uh, equipment for oil and gas. But still, as a, as a remaining from the old days, they don't have this culture of you know markets grabbing, market expansion. They have a target to produce excellent equipment. And I took uh, last year uh, several delegations from Egypt, but also from Kuwait, to visit those companies. And I, I asked them to give me a real honest uh, uh, opinion, because I'm not an engineer myself. I said, tell me, is it good, very good, bad, very bad? Where do we stand? And everybody separately, it's not, not for a politeness purpose, told me, you produce excellent equipment. Uh, it is 
extremely well priced, but there are several problems. When we send a letter to any of these companies in English, we very often do not get even an answer. When we call, there is hardly anybody speaking English. And at the end of the day, Russia is uh, talking about, uh, I mean, operating in a system which, which is a very good system, but it's a very Russian system called GOST, the GOST standards. Well, the rest of the world tends to use the API, the American Petroleum Institute standards. And of course, we all know the problem between Russia and the West. So the American standards are, of course, not welcoming the Russians. It's a question, and to answer your, your question, Julia, is the, 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 the fact of harmonization of standards. And I think that's one of the immediate things where the public sector should work with each other, to harmonize all the standards which very often make transaction easy or difficult depending on their harmonization. And I can name two sectors where immediately we could have an enormous impact in stimulating business. One is the oil and gas equipment, given the fact that Nigeria is a mega producer, but we as Russia, we are a mega producer of the equipment which you could be using and buying high quality at a very good price. A second one is the, the pharmaceutical vaccine and uh, veterinary goods where you need to harmonize the GMP standards on both sides. Yeah, and I'm sure there are many other uh, questions. So the the harmonization of standards, just to to create ease and comfort for the business to follow. Yeah, that's one thing. The second thing, it's a, it's a cultural uh, interaction. I think that, uh, for instance, we are very happy on the Egyptian side to see that uh, a fast growing amount of Egyptians are studying in Russia. Anybody from another country coming to Russia, studying here, ends up with uh, not only the knowledge of what he learned, but the knowledge of a culture, of a language, of a community, etc., etc. I think that one important thing is to have Russians, uh, um, uh, I mean, uh, African students and Nigerian students coming more and more to study in Russia. They are quite a lot because uh, Uvem is, is actually the chairman of the, the diaspora organization and it's great that you are getting everybody together. Uh, but I would also recommend, uh, if, if my opinion here is of interest, to, to, to have Nigeria uh, inviting Russian students because that is also creating a lot of links. So these are the kind of things which are very important. Um, we, we are um, promoting uh, very fascinating courses um, which um, uh, are, are presented by Dr. Mona Khalil. She's half Egyptian, half Russian. It's called cross-cultural communication. And it expl it expl it exp it explain explain I'm sorry it explains how to to adapt your behavior starting with body language but the whole format of your interaction with another culture in such a way and we come back to the harmonization of standards it's the harmonization of behavior because very often different cultures do not uh, understand each other for very long the west thought that the globalization would mean that uh, all cultures in the world would accept to behave like some happy fuse. And now we see very clearly that is not the case. India is not following, China is not following, not to even talk about Russia. And, and in this context, we see Africa saying, 
we also have a voice and we also have our cultures. So I think these are the obstacles. Uh, um, and it's great that we, we discuss it because we can start working at it. And then it's very important that the representatives of the, the public sector, when they go back home, they, they, they start passing the, the ideas that let's work on this harmonization at many, many different levels, especially that now uh, there is a new president in Nigeria who is being uh, uh, inaugurated in, in the coming days. Uh, and I think that it's a new start and it's, uh, we look very much forward to see what will come out of it. And, um, and I think that working on those uh, harmonizations will, will create the incentive to go into business. Thanks. Just to backtrack a little, most of you mentioned the introduction of advanced technology and infrastructure. Mr. Adikunle, my question for you is, how do you see the cooperation in this area, given that Western sanctions affect technology as well? Do you think that working together would sort of help to diversify the high-tech field, you know, so that we can produce ourselves and we don't have to, as a result, depend on other countries? So, uh, I'm going to answer that in one sweep. No one, no country, no individual has monopoly of, of wisdom or intellectual capacity. It's amazing how God has endowed each and every one of us with different capacity and capability and intellect. And I'm somebody that believes that if you're going to carry a load, let me go to one of my grannies' adage, heavy load, it's absolutely impossible to carry it with one hand. But if you put a second one, there's a chance that you'll be able to lift it. And if you can, with the two hands, you call a colleague or an associate to give you support. It's the same thing on the global stage in terms of wanting to achieve certain goals and objectives. The idea that that one individual or one nation has it all is a fallacy. And my commitment to engagement is synergy. Synergy is critical to be able to achieve because everybody, you're bringing your core competence to bear. And when you do that, you build a formidable enterprise, a formidable union. It's the same thing in, in the marital system. The moment the husband and the wife are not agreeing on certain issues, there's no development. It's a major crisis. It's a family terrorism. But when there's synergy, there's peace, there's coordination, there's commitment, there's nothing you can achieve. And where there's a will, there's always a goal. That said, this is an opportunity for Russia and African countries to come together and design an architecture to be able to drive this initiative with a new present reality on the global stage. That's quite a fair point. Mr. Olokbese, I have a question for you as well. Could you please share your opinion on what areas of cooperation between Russia and Nigeria do you see as promising for the future and which areas have the most potential in your opinion? Yeah, thank you very much. I think uh, on this note, Russia has a lot to gain from Africa this time around. Looking at it very well right now, where you have the virgin market right now is Africa. There's no any innovation you take into the West right now. Let me take you back to the history of the GSM. When GSM came on board and it was a Western now technology, they came to Africa, they make a lot of money from it. This same technology was taken to America but it couldn't break through. It shows that the market in Africa is very, very weak. And now, coming back to your question again, you agree with me right now with the potentials and with the industrial growth of Russia, if they key into Nigeria market, it's weak for them. Years back, we've been having a lot of problems in Africa. 
and what is the problem we've been having. We've believed too much in the West. We never believe in ourselves as a leader. Now we're just waking up from our slumber to say that we can do it ourselves. We can coordinate ourselves. And with this right now, this is the first time a state government will be coming around to participate in a business forum like this because we feel that it's not going to be business as usual anymore. Let me take you back to Nigeria. Our means of surviving is the crude oil. We're able to look inward now that technology is fast moving ahead of the crude oil. In the next 30 years, technology is going to render the crude oil very, very useless. So that is why we are quickly want to diversify our economy out of oil-driven to begin to expand our industrial growth. And that is why, for the first time, we take the bull by the horn. This is the first of its kind in the history of Nigeria to have a private port. Think about last week, the federal government just gave us Ondo port. It's a private port. It's a commendable gesture. Because we feel not right now we want to drive business. We want to key into all the key potentials of business and to begin to position Africa to great. And when you talk about the market of Africa, the voice of Nigeria cannot be silent because Nigeria is the market for Africa. And that's why we feel right now, at this point in time, if the Russia can coordinate, provide that leadership, the genuine one and the sincere one, because we believe all this why, why is Africa lacking behind. We feel that most of the people coming around, they are just coming around to actually loot Africa, but not developing Africa. But if Russia comes around to say that they want to go into the area of industrialization, they will provide the leadership for Africa, and Africa will be great, and Russia will be better than where it is today. Thank you. And as a follow-up, here's another one to you, sir. There's a lot of talk today about food and energy security. Security, particularly on the African continent, and Seeing that Nigeria and Russia are both huge exporters of primary produce, how do you think our two countries can work together to ensure food and energy security in Africa and the world at large? Yeah, I think yeah, on the summit I came around, this export center organized by Moscow City has actually answered this question because I was able to meet with a Russian company going into organic manufacture of manure. This could solve this problem. And when you look at it very well, you, when you talk about mechanized farming, it's not well spread out in Africa. So we feel that if with the weight of technology in the area of mechanized farming, food, what's it called, will be a thing of the past in Africa. And we feel now with the way things are going, with the way trend of things right now, even the youth too, they are not looking for white-collar job anymore. Everybody believes that right now there's a lot of potential in the agriculture. And because of the chain value of agriculture right now, that a lot of scholars in Africa is keying into that. And we believe that in the nearest future, we're going to actually solve that. Let me take you back to Nigeria as a case study right now. Years back, we used to actually import grain, that is rice, from Thailand, India, and wherever. But the government decided to ban it. When the government put a ban on it, we're looking at how we're going to survive as a country. But my interest is to know right now, Nigeria is feeding himself with the rice. 85% of rice consumed in Nigeria is cultured in Nigeria. This is a commendable gesture. So we believe now that now that with all this potential right now, even in the area of the poultry business right now, we see a lot of foreigners coming into Nigeria to set up a poultry business in Nigeria because this is a witch market. Gone are those days we eat a lot of frozen food. But the government decided to say, no, we're banning all those things. 
because we feel that they are not edible enough. And these are which markets that we feel that with your technology advancement in Russia, you can't transform the face of Africa and face of Nigeria for us. Thank you very much. You, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an enormous pleasure to listen to what Prince Rogbeze is saying because it is evidencing the awareness that Africa in general, but Nigeria specifically, shall not wait for somebody to solve its problems. That it's a matter of addressing it. And that suddenly you realize that when you address it, you have a result, a positive result. And that's that for today's episode. From what we've heard, Nigeria and Russia have many areas of cooperation, but Nigeria is looking for guidance and expertise, which Russia surely can provide. As Prince Ologbese highlighted, Africa believes too much in the West and is only starting to wake up from its slumber now. This is a critical step in the growth of African economies as self-reliance and independence is an essential element of self-sustainability. Dear listeners, I hope this first part of our discussion was informative and interesting. You can expect the second part of our conversation later this week on Friday. That said, you can also listen to the AfroVerdict podcast on platforms such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Pocket Casts, AfriPod, and Podcast Addict. Check out our Sputnik Africa Telegram channel for the latest updates on local and global events. And have a great day, and I'll see you next time. Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa.